afternoon. It's a little bit hot enough. Don't know why I always have to mention the weather. I guess it's just to give a give a, an idea of what's uh, happening around here, what I'm seeing. Yes, it's warm. Uh, so this morning I was talking about quantum. kind of touching on quantum immortality but specifically time travel in that time is the flow of energy so to travel through time would be to flow through that energy in a different way different direction or different um Yeah, I guess a different direction is the easier way to kind of visualize it. So I've just been thinking, just as I left the house, just some more ideas, more... Um, more ways to kind of evidence to prove to show whatever to to demonstrate that balance is in everything and that the quantum state of all possibilities being possible for a certain thing or things is also is, is a balanced state is stable but when the thing is observed all the other states are also possible so it's still a balanced state still stable and it's just by looking at the things around you looking at the ideas or organisations beliefs they all exist because because of conditions so each person may experience the same thing but a different expression of it so a different state of it so it's like the analogy of a pop song one generation likes it another generation thinks it sounds like noise or it's garbage so it's the it's the same principle because um, because people have their own purpose not everyone's the same um, their conditions are different So from the people they grew up with, so their family, whoever that might be, the friends, the school, work colleagues, that is the conditions they've been surrounded by. And so that determines how they see how they observe the world so not everyone's going to see not everyone's going to observe things in the same way but everyone can observe the same thing and there'll be groups of those people that all all share the same experience they all share 
observation of the same state. So, I think money is probably is probably one of the big ones. Because your conditions justify whether you're of a particular status. You could be extremely wealthy or extremely poor or at some point in between. And you might not always be at that point. If you think about when you get paid after you've uh, after your job, you work a month and then you work for 30 days or something, then you get paid. The money that you receive on payday, how much is how much of it is left over? After you've covered all your obligations, the things that you agreed to pay, tax, mortgage, loans. Now, if you wanted to shift the balance, if you wanted to become more wealthy, what would you need to do? Would you need to earn more money? Well, the easiest thing that you could do is to reduce your outgoings. Because your outgoings are the things that are going to eat away at your your monthly paycheck. So if you increase your paycheck amount, you may feel you may feel comfortable increasing your expenditure. Meaning maybe you buy a bigger house, a more expensive house. Maybe you buy or you loan another car. So that's another chunk of money taken out so sometimes in order to to get what you want whatever you desire you have to adjust your your approach to it Because if you just keep keep increasing your the size of your paycheck, you're keeping your conditions the same. You may have a bigger house and a nicer car, but in terms of your expenditure. Your expenditure has increased exponentially in line with your income. So you're no different than you were before. In fact, you're probably probably worse off because The loan on your car is more expensive because the car that you you didn't buy, you're hiring. So it's not even an asset, it's a liability. It's costing you more money. So you're spending more money on liability. The house, you could argue that that is 
less of a liability but it depends upon the the overarching conditions how is everyone else doing would somebody be able to buy your house for the price that you put that you mortgaged it for would somebody be able to buy it for the price that you bought it for so the mortgage plus the deposit So you can um, you can always keep wanting wanting more money in which case it's it's going to demand you spend more money in order for it to to remain in balance so are you ever going to get what you want are you ever going to be wealthy because the more money you spend the less you'll have And then that would require you to increase your salary again. But there has to be a point at which you can no longer increase your salary. Because that's kind of when you've reached the limit. Because you can't um, you can't keep increasing your salary salary exponentially without increasing your outgoings exponentially, and if you continue to do that, you're increasing your liability. So, unless your expenditure is being put into assets. Meaning, it becomes more like an investment than an expenditure. Because at some point you could uh, liquidate the asset and retrieve money. But then how would that affect the balance? If all you did was buy assets and your assets increased over time, you've not really had to do anything in terms of increasing your salary or spending more money because your assets are doing that for you. Your assets are increasing in value because people over time see value in it so I think it's more about how you spend your money But then you, your conditions are going to dictate that. And what I mean by conditions is if you've got kids, if you have a partner, if you have other dependents like family, each of those 
people may require a percentage of your of your salary each month so that's almost that's you giving you're giving your salary up to help others this is not like you're buying a car a really expensive car it's not to your benefit as in like a material benefit. So, not quite sure where I'm going. It, try and like summarize it just a bit so people when when they say oh they want to they want to be wealthy they think that the only way to attain that or the 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 popular way to attain that is to increase your salary but at the same time you have to increase your have to increase your expenditure in order for it to be balanced you can't increase one without the other because if you increased your salary it would be an unbalanced it would be an unbalanced state overall because you'd just have all this all this cash all this charge just sitting So that if your intention was to get wealthy, it's like, well, what what is the definition? What's the what's the uh, what's like the dollar amount? What's the the monetary value that defines wealth? What's the um, What is it like what, what is it you're looking for? You want a certain amount of money each month or you just want a lump sum of a certain amount of money. I think that's typically what people think of, right? They think I want a million pounds, a million dollars to do things, to buy things. But is that a balanced state? just having a million dollars or a million pounds dropped into your bank account well I think the first thing is what produced it because what what is what determines uh, what determines the gain of money is traditionally some sort of effort or work in exchange so it's like the production of goods or services and in exchange you get paid in coins or paper or more commonly in these days is just a, a switching of digits on a computer So what, what is what is the wealth that people 
are looking for is it just the digits in the bank account is it paper money or is it something else if it's an increase in salary each month that would typically require an increase in production or output right because if you're working at a certain output now and you're only gaining a certain amount for for the goods or services that you produce then in order to create more or to in order to receive more you'd have to output more so if you just received a lump sum of a million it's unbalanced and it's going to want to just disappear because there's nothing nothing stabilizing it it's not like I earned this you could say if it's inheritance that it was your your right but I don't think so because you didn't unless you directly contributed to the production of the goods or services the money's just going to disappear and so I'm kind of going kind of went off on a tangent a little bit but I'm trying not to I'm trying not to stop myself I'm trying to just let it go just go with it because it is related to what I wanted to talk about so yeah the whole thing with money is it's got to be about balance there's got to be an increased output in order to justify the exchange so in your case you want more money you have to increase your output or increase the quality of the goods or services that you produce it's as as simple as that you have to add something you have to be more in order to justify more because it's almost like a think of it of a scale if you step up and you're you're producing more the other side of that the exchange has to then also step up in order for it to be balanced so if you're underselling your services or goods people are getting it cheap people may see that and they may not you may get less sales So then you you need to look at your pricing and increase your pricing to reflect uh, true value, and then and then maybe that equalizes things a bit. But if something is super expensive, if someone puts a super high price tag on something, and the the quality or the production, the the goods or service don't reflect any kind of. Uh, don't reflect anything that is close to that amount then it, it breeds negative connotations like it's a rip off or they're trying to con you or scam you or something or they're taking advantage that's where someone sets too high of a price tag that doesn't match the quality of the goods or the services So it's all about scale, it's all about balance. If one side steps up, so if your output increases, the other side has to step up. It should be as simple as that. Now I know that. I know that it's as simple as that. In 2017, 2018, I was essentially doing two or three projects simultaneously 
and so my my output was increased by three so my my salary or my because uh, I work on a project basis so my, my the amount I was attaining for those projects increased by three times but then other things became unbalanced you're doing three times the amount of work but you're not getting three times the amount of rest you're sacrificing the rest in order to achieve the three times the amount of work so you see maybe you balance one thing out three times the amount three times the output in terms of work three times the salary coming in but then you're sacrificing on the on the rest your family life you get less time to spend at home maybe you get less time to sleep you get less time to switch off to just not think about work So there's different layers, there's different, there's different uh, shells, there's different Russian dolls being enacted here. And whilst you can get like the one that you focused on balanced, you, you then need to step back and look at all the others and also keep them balanced. Because otherwise it's going to lead to a situation where you get burnt out, you get into arguments with family members. Um, Maybe you forget to do things that you should be doing. Forget your obligations. So it really is a balancing act. And the more things you take on, the tougher it is. Because you've got to focus on more things to balance out. So for me, it's easier to reduce my expenditure. It has the same effect. I get the same salary, but I've got more of it available because I'm spending it less on things that I don't, that are just, uh, that aren't assets, that are just liabilities. So reduce your liabilities, reduce your expenditure. And you increase your salary without having to increase your output. And once you've decreased your liabilities, increase your assets. And then once you've increased your assets, once you've got like a good uh, system going on, then you can look at increasing your output. And then you get more... You get more income, which allows you to purchase more assets. And it's just goes and goes and goes like that. Obviously, that's going to require some sort of management and some sort of balance. Because if you start to buy into certain assets like stocks, shares, cryptocurrency, that requires management. So that's either paying someone to manage it for you or devoting time to learn about it and manage it. But it's not always those asset classes I mentioned are not not foolproof there's no guarantee that you're going to gain or even retrieve your initial investment so you may need to be maybe buying into things that you that you have an interest in so it's easier for you to to just know So I think I'm going to stop on that. I'm going to talk on, I'm going to go back to the original point of this talk. So, so balance in terms of money, in terms of monetary people needing money for just the basics, for a house, food, 
just, just, just that. So if you... If you're, if you're, if you're capable, or rather if you're in a position, if your conditions are, if your conditions dictate that you are capable of earning money, that you can afford to pay rent, or you can afford to get a mortgage, that you can afford to pay for food, then you're, you're, you're pretty much just set, right? You don't need to depend on anyone because you're balanced in terms of... <laughs> you, your conditions are aligned. So you're, you're able to, to be independent. Your conditions are not saying that Conditions are not harsh, right? So there's no there's no sort of balancing effect needed because it's already pretty balanced under current conditions. But say if you were unable to afford to pay rent or unable to afford to pay or get a mortgage for your house, but you could pay to get food. So your conditions are unbalanced, it's unstable. So you need something in order you need something to balance that out. And you may be working, but it may just be that that job doesn't pay enough. And there's no way to increase your output or increase the quality of the goods or services. So things like state benefits exist, where if you earn less than a certain amount of money, you would be eligible for housing <laughs> so essentially the, the state would pay for you to go live somewhere would pay your rent so that's a balancing effect isn't it because you couldn't afford to do that but in order for you to be stable you need a house and so that's what the state does <laughs> now people might think that that's a bad thing that being dependent on somebody might might mean that you would never kind of push yourself to get out of that situation to be independent but I think maybe not everyone's the same maybe people maybe some people are not meant to be independent because for the state benefits to exist there have to be people that need them it's like the unknown state all possibilities exist it's balanced and then when it's observed, all possibilities still exist, so it's still balanced. So it means that it's possible for people to afford to buy a house. It's possible for people to afford to rent a place. But it's also not possible for people to buy a house or not possible for people to rent a place. So all those all those states have to be accounted for with an equal in terms of I guess if you look at the government as an entity it seeks to provide balance as, as much as it hates as much as it does as much as I never thought I would say it it provides the balance in terms of the government departments so the department for working pensions deal with handing out benefits to people 
So the people that can't afford to pay for housing. But then at the same time, there's going to be people that will abuse that and will... that are capable of getting a job, are capable of being independent, but it could be that the conditions that they were brought up in meant that they would use that, they would misuse that service to benefit themselves. Which is why, what is it, benefits fraud? Benefit fraud. What people claim benefit that they don't really need, that they're capable of attaining things by themselves independently. But they choose not to. They choose to just take. Which is imbalanced in itself. But I think you can spot you can spot those people because they would misuse the money that they get. Because maybe they would they would see that they get that money, but they could also get more money by by doing work. Because they're capable of doing work. They're capable of doing work that creates a good salary. And when I was I, I spoke about this a few weeks ago. Actually, it's probably a few months ago now. Um, in which the government they create all these taxes to take money for various various things. I don't think it is. It doesn't really matter what they take it for. It's just the fact that they take it. It is... Like I was saying before about the balance. In terms of your expenditure. If you think about the tax in terms of a charity donation, that's kind of what it is. Because you're not really paying for something. You're not getting a service. You're not getting a... You're not getting any goods. The government aren't really... They're not doing anything for you. It's kind of just like... Just in case you need it. But you may never be on benefits. Because your conditions... Your your conditions say that... you, You would never... Need to be on benefits... But the, the money that, that is taken in taxes is supposedly for paying for those services. So for the people that do need a house, for the people that do need food, or just, just some income, that that's what that's paying for. But I don't think, I don't think that's entirely accurate. Because I mean, this isn't even uh, It's not really known But the, the wealthiest people In the world Don't really pay any taxes Because they Actually, it makes sense now. Okay, so... I was going to say that this doesn't make sense, but it does. makes perfect sense. makes perfect sense. So the wealthiest people in the world don't pay taxes. Because everyone believes that every month that they get a salary. And because they're reported to be worth so much money, people believe that they get something equivalent to that every every year, every month some percentage of that so then people freak out when they say that they don't pay tax that these uh, celebrity business people don't pay tax but the thing that people don't realise is 
the wealth is pretty much tied up in assets stocks and shares uh, property all sorts of stuff that's it's not cash it's, it's assets it's not liabilities so buh, 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 buh. so the que- people question like why don't they pay tax it's because they don't personally have the money They may get paid a marginal amount. They may get expenses paid. They may get everything paid in expenses. They may provide services via consult via corporations, in which they offset their expenses as uh, debt. So the amount of tax that the companies owe as well. That that's the same kind of arrangement. Most of the corporations report little profit because they've got a structure. They've got an organizational structure which means the money flows in a certain way. Or the digits flow in a certain way into different accounts. So things might be offset with research and development with uh, loans, debt so any profit that they do make is is essentially like zeroed out because it's uh, typically marked to pay off other things so that's kind of how they do it so they they aren't really the the there's not really any tax for them to pay because the way that they use the money is different to the way everyone else uses it I think that makes a difference because they have very little they got very little cash on hand, I'm assuming. So it's almost like they... They, they can remain balanced very easily. They don't really need to adjust much. Whereas... Your typical sort of person would have maybe multiple loans. Car loans. Uh, mortgage payments. Maybe multiple car loans, mobile phone loans, all all sorts of stuff like that that they'd have to juggle. But the super wealthy wouldn't do that. Because in order for them to be balanced, they just cut everything down. Or they let somebody else deal with it. They let the company provide it for them, provide them with a car, provide them with a phone, provide them with accommodation. So their expenditure is uh, very low. So so yeah, if you look at it in terms of balance, there is things that exist, organisations that exist because every possibility exists. People that can afford to buy a house, people that can't afford to buy a house, people that can't afford to rent, people that can afford to rent. So in order to even that out, in order to balance it out, there has to be there has to be something that exists in order to fulfil that state. In order to to manage that condition. In order to manage those people in that condition that can't afford to buy a house or rent a house. But I don't think that... That's obviously not like a natural... Mm, 
was going to say it's not really a natural consequence. It's not like a person being alive or being dead moving to to decay. It's uh, kind of people created houses. People, it's almost like we created this system of having to pay for houses. I guess that's because other people are doing it. You're not building your own house. Somebody else is building it for you. Whereas maybe if it was more people built their own houses, it would be different. You wouldn't need to pay for it. There would be... You would not be able to observe somebody buying a house. So you would not be able to observe somebody being unable to buy a house and so that department that deals with providing benefit for people to live in a house because they can't afford it that would have no reason to exist so it's almost like we can create we can create the things if the conditions uh if the condition exists. So if everyone was able to afford a house, there would be no need for... for the department to provide assistance in getting a house. Because the conditions wouldn't be there. But there was still, it would still have to be a possibility. Because if someone could afford to buy a house, there's got to be somebody that can't afford to buy it. But I think it'd be, in, in that scenario, it'd be more skewed to, there'd be more people able to buy a house, which would be unstable. It's all a balancing act. And I guess that's why benefit fraud is such a big deal because the people that do really need it, it's kind of, the system's kind of being tipped on its on its side because there's more people that are taking advantage. Maybe that's reflective of overall things are being tipped tipped on the side. I was gonna I was gonna talk about some other things, some other examples. But I think that's probably probably a good one to kind of just stop on. I don't think I'd be able to talk for that long enough. But just to summarize that quantum state is balanced it's a state of being it's just it's an unknown state basically all possibility exists and because all possibility exists that makes it balanced and stable so when somebody observes it all other states are possible because your conditions the conditions of the observer dictate the state that they see so like the analogy of the pop song some hear a good song, some hear a bad song. In terms of housing, some people can afford to buy a house, some people can't afford to buy a house. And that's reflected in society in terms of there is a government department that exists purely to help people pay for housing in which the government pays for the house or pays for the rent so all states exist because that's balance but what happens when house prices increase less people can afford to buy them more people will require assistance because the conditions have changed. Conditions have changed for everyone. But what happens when 
everyone can afford to buy a house the need for the benefits kind of it, it, it's unjustified so everyone can afford to buy a house but then that becomes unsustainable it's unstable <laughs> or is it if everyone can afford to buy a house does that create a stable state or an unstable state Does it create a balanced market? Balanced housing market? The prices, would prices fluctuate as much? Probably. If there was, it depends on the supply of housing. It depends on the condition of the housing market. Are there enough houses? Depends on immigration. If there's higher immigration, there needs to be an increase in supply of houses or flats. So it requires balance throughout. But um, I think any side of the extreme is always going to be unstable. It's always going to be unsustainable. It's always going to be unbalanced. If everyone's on benefits, who's paying the benefits? If everyone can afford to buy houses, who's, who's receiving the benefits? So at either extreme, it kind of negates the need for the benefits department because if no one's able to if no one's funding it then what, what's the purpose of it but if there's not enough people funding it also what's the purpose of it so if you've got 100% of people needing houses and you've got 100% of people not paying to fund it So, so I think that's it. I think that's about it now. Nah. Tell her.